Ruth in chapter 3, and I figured it'd come by slow freight. Okay, anyways. All right, once you've found Ruth 3, if you will, if you could stand to your feet and uh, follow along as, as I read aloud. We'll just read the first six verses. We'll have th- three different uh, sections of Ruth, chapter number 3, while three different messages out of each of the six verses here. Uh, as you can see, there's, there's 18. But the Bible says, Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, My daughter... Shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? And now is not Boaz of our kindred, with whose maidens thou wast? Behold, he winnoweth barley tonight in the threshing floor. Wash thyself, therefore, and anoint thee, and put thy raiment upon thee, and get thee down to the floor. But make not thyself known unto the man, until he shall have done eating and drinking. And it shall be, when he lieth down, thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie, and thou shalt go in, and moreover, uncover uh, his feet, and lay thee down, and he will tell thee what thou shalt do. And she said unto her, All that thou sayest unto me I will do. And she went down unto the floor, and did according to all that her mother-in-law bade her. Lord, we sure do love you. Uh, thank you again for loving us. You, sir, are great God. And we just come to you today knowing we are nothing, and you are everything. And Thank you for these good people and their faithfulness. I know for some it was uh, maybe a little challenge to get here this morning because of the roads even, but they're here. May you reward them for their efforts, Lord. Thank you for your church. Thank you for the fellowship. Thank you for uh, the good people here. Thank you for the guests you brought away. Thank you for uh, those you brought back and those uh, members, Lord, or faithful members. And my, my prayer is that I'll get out of the way, Lord, and you'll speak. You know, this isn't about me. This is not what I think. This is about what your word says. And I hope it will be received that way. Where I'm just a sinner saved by grace. But I'm thankful for the calling you've given me. And I pray that I'll be faithful to your word today. I pray you'll be with the children and the nursery and the teens and all that's going on today. Lord, may you open hearts. If there's someone here today, it's my prayer, that does not know you as their Savior, may they come to you today. Lord, bless this message, Lord. And open up our hearts, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now, two old friends, Ned and John, lived for baseball. Uh, One day, John passed, and it was a sad day, leaving Ned inconsolable. But a few weeks later, uh, Ned went outside and looked up, and John was up there on a cloud, standing there. Ned thought, wow, that's pretty amazing. John called down to him. He said, Ned, I have good news and I have bad news. Ned says, well, what's the good news? He says, there's baseball in heaven. Man, Ned said, that's awesome. Well, what's the bad news about heaven? He says, I looked at the lineup and you're pitching on Sunday. Well, anyways, uh, tonight we have seen through the pages of this short story uh, really several different characters. We saw... The famine, which was mainly about Naomi. And then, of course, Ruth making that decision to follow Naomi. And her God will be her, her God as well. And then we saw Boaz in the field. And Boaz uh, chose to bless and take care of not just Ruth, but, but Naomi. And then today we'll get into chapter 3 and we'll see the floor. So we see the famine, we see the field, we see the floor. The, really the threshing floor. And uh, really some believe this all happened in a 24-hour period. Uh, but it will take us three weeks to get through it. Uh, but we see 
the end of harvest is drawing to a close here. Now keep in mind that Ruth and Naomi have been cared for by the generosity of Boaz, but the harvest is coming to a close. And once that harvest is done, there will be no more uh, opportunities to go to the field and glean. And so they, uh, Naomi starts thinking about their security and wondering what's going to happen and starts developing a plan. And this morning I want us to see Naomi's plan, but I also want us to see how Ruth chose to trust God and even followed her mother-in-law, who I believe was godly, and she was able to get godly counsel and direction. And we too can get godly counsel and direction. We also can get God's word to be our lamp. And we can see several opportunities this morning for God to guide and lead us in our life today. And perhaps maybe you're at a T in the road. Maybe you're wrestling through something right now. Maybe you're wondering. Maybe you're struggling with being patient. You're not quite sure what to do. Well, join me this morning as we look at two other ladies who were wondering the same thing. And maybe you can learn, as they did this morning, the art of trusting God. Number one, if you're writing, as we hasten along, we do have Lord's table we'll be doing, and I, I really want to get you out on the right time as well. Number one, we see the dilemma of these widows, the dilemma of these widows. The Bible says in verse one, then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, my daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? And now is not Boaz of our kindred, whose maidens thou wast. And we see a word there in verse number one that is an interesting word, uh, not so much because of, it's not a common word, but just because it means a little bit something different than maybe we're accustomed uh, for it to mean. The Bible says, I seek rest for thee. The word rest. What is so interesting about the word rest. Uh, perhaps maybe some of you are ready to start doing that right about now. Okay, now, uh, rest, and maybe you got some good rest last night, and, and maybe you equate that to sleep. And did you have a good night's sleep? Well, it was okay, or maybe it was great. And whatever the case may be, we see that rest here actually is the, the Hebrew word uh, manoak, which means security from worry, struggle. Doubt. In other words, it doesn't necessarily mean sleep. It means rest from insecurity, from doubt, from maybe apprehension, maybe some anxiety, wondering what's going to happen. And what's interesting here is it's not just a one-time thing. It is actually obtaining an eternal source of security. In other words, getting something to the fact where you know you'll always be cared for, not just a one-time thing. Of course, Naomi... <clears throat> and Ruth are wondering, where is this security going to come from? And by the way, this is something that Naomi has sought for for a long time. She went with her husband, of course, to Moab for this security, for this uh, financial, for this uh, being able to physically be taken care of. And we see this morning the dilemma of physical security, of just knowing that everything's going to be okay. But when they were in Moab, she lost her husband, she lost her sons. So they came back, and now they're seeking security once again. And maybe you, like them, are looking for true security. Many of us know how Naomi and Ruth feel. In fact, probably most of us, if not all of us, would love to have rest from disappointments and insecurities of daily life. But oftentimes, how, does, how often rest seems just out of reach, in fact, Stephen Armstrong illustrates it this way. Every phase of our life 
is a pursuit of some kind of satisfaction. But for many, it's a roller coaster. And he goes on to say this, We strive in school expecting to enjoy the security of a good job. We get the job, but we must work overtime to afford the things we expect to bring rest. We finally obtain those things, only to find that it wasn't quite the joy we expected. So, we struggle a lifetime to be ready for the retirement that will finally give us rest. Then, we worry. Is there enough to last us? Is there enough money, enough health, enough friends? What about our purpose? We worked a whole life for some kind of rest, yet it was always just out of reach. Perhaps some of you are sitting here today saying, Pastor, I didn't come here to get discouraged. (laughs) I understand that. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with working and putting for the future. I'm just simply saying, if you're trying to get security through all that, you're going to be disappointed. Because true security only comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. Rest was found in a Redeemer that Naomi and Ruth didn't expect. But they found true rest. And oftentimes, until you come to know the Savior... You too don't understand really what true rest is. Just as we've come to know our Redeemer, He became our protector and our provider. He's made promises to us. He's directed us to work in His field, has He not? But oftentimes while we wait for eternity, we can get worried. We can wonder. We can try to accelerate things. But may I say today that God wants to give us true rest. God answered her prayer to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Just a thought this morning. Has God done something for you that's over what you ever would imagine possible? I remember years ago, and I have to be careful telling this illustration because my dad's in here. And uh, he might remember a different version. It happens sometimes. But I'm going to say how I remember it. Um, I was 16 years old, 17 years old, and my car, I had gotten, uh, first gear went out, it's a manual, second gear went out, and then reverse went out. It was not easy to drive. And uh, finally sold it, and uh, I was looking for that next car. And we were driving down the road one day, and I saw this cherry red Pontiac Grand Am GT. And I saw that car, and I said, that's it, that's the one. I said, Dad, I said, I think this is the car. There's only one problem. It's $2,800, a little bit out of my price range. But I think that's it. He says, well, I'll tell you what. He says, how, if you're going to need a little of assistance, then, then you're going to pray about it for a couple days. I said, Dad, I already done prayed about it. It took me three seconds to figure out that's God's will. I mean, come on now. I'll never forget my dad said, you know what, if it's God's will, it's still going to be there in a couple days. I said, okay. So we prayed about it. I prayed quickly. I came to my conclusion. It wasn't quite the timing yet. And we went back there two days later, and the car was gone. It was sold. And I said, no. My heart sunk. I thought, life is over as I know it. You know, That was it. And uh, he said, well, let's pray again. God has something. I said, okay. Well, we were coming back from 
um, our ministry or the bus route, kind of like what we do here. And we were coming down the road, and I saw this green Pontiac Grand Am GT. But it had a spoiler on it. <laughs> and I thought, wow. Cherry red, green, eh, what's the difference? That spoiler, though, and those rims. All the important things, you know. I mean, wow. And I went by, I said, Dad, I said, I, I, think, I think God's will moved. I think it could be this car. You know. He says, well, let's pray about it. I said, I heard he did, you know. So we did, and it was still there when we went back. We test drove that car and found out it had 25,000 less miles on it. And a thousand, they wanted $1,000 less for it. And I bought that car, and what a great car that was. And what I learned was that God had something better for me in store. And may I say today that God also hath pleasure and the prosperity of his servants, Psalms 35, 27 says. God also has pleasure in them that fear him and those that hope in his mercy, Psalms 147, 11. What I'm trying to get across to us today is our security is not found in the things of life that surround us, but our security is found in Jesus Christ and God. And oftentimes we struggle because we want physical security, and that's a natural thing. May I say, true security comes from God. But second of all, true security, not just security, but a dilemma of personal satisfaction. So Ruth wanted more than just to be satisfied. Now that was Naomi's big thing. But for Ruth, she had enjoyed the security. She needed satisfaction. What do I mean by that? Well, Hamilton Smith says it this way. Gleaning in the fields of Boaz and receiving blessings from the hand of Boaz however happy and right, will not give full rest and satisfaction to the heart either of Boaz and Ruth. See, what happened was Boaz was being attracted to Ruth and Ruth was being attracted to Boaz and as much as she enjoyed the blessings he gave, she wanted more of a relationship with the blesser. And how many would agree today that God's, the blessings of God are great? But if you truly have a walk with God, you find out that a relationship with the blesser is far greater. We see that in several people's lives. You remember Peter? Man, the Lord said, cast your net on the other side. And he did, and his net started breaking, started pulling that up. But what did he do? He forsook the fishes, and he followed the blesser. He forsook the blessing and says, I want the blesser. And may I say today, We too, like Peter, should enjoy the blessings of God, but never forget we really enjoy the pursuit of the blesser far more. I think of Mary Magdalene. The Lord cast out seven demons. She was greatly blessed, but her heart had been won to the blesser. At the empty tomb, when the disciples went away to their own homes, who stayed? Mary. She was weeping. She had found no rest without Christ in this world. With him, she was happy. But without him, she was desolate. Christian, I want you to understand this morning that with God, with Christ, you're happy. Without him, you'll find you're desolate. 
I think of Paul, that great blasphemer, that persecutor of the saints. But when the Savior reached down and touched him, what did he say in Philippians 3.10? That I may know him and that I may win Christ. He was content not just to know the blessings, but he became content when he knew the giver of the blessings. I think of you and me, when we learn that Jesus Christ, serving him is great, but when we finally learn that our relationship with him is just so much better. I think of Micah 2 verse 10. The Bible says, Arise ye and depart, for this is not your rest, because it is polluted. In other words, saved indeed every true Christian is, but one thing to be saved and quite another to be satisfied. I'm thankful this morning for the salvation of Jesus Christ, but you can only find true satisfaction in the person of Christ. How's your walk this morning? I know it's only been 20 days in the new year, but how's your Bible reading? How's your prayer life? How's your worship with God? Are you giving? Are you serving? Are you desiring to get to know him more? We see this morning the dilemma of these ladies, but second of all, as we hasten on, we see the design of Naomi. The Bible says in verse 2, she devises this plan. And in this plan, she understands the principle that in a sense she begins to answer her own prayer. Though God had to get involved, she had to do her part. And may I say today, oftentimes we just wait for God to do everything when in, in reality he needs us to do our part too. And we see Naomi devising this plan. She says this through this personal experience that he winnoweth barley. What does that mean? Well, in those days they would bring in all the stalks and all the harvest and they'd beat him and trot him out with camel or a bull or with uh, oxen or with these, these staves and, and they would get all this stuff, they'd collect it together and, and toward uh, early afternoon it would be pretty windy but right around late afternoon, early evening the winds would come to just the right point and they would blow in from the Mediterranean and they would throw the stuff in the air and all the stuff would blow away and all the seed would come down and they'd gather all that and they'd do that for several hours and then the meal would come and they'd eat the meal and then They'd settle down for the night. And this was a big family affair. People would come from all over to help with this process. And some would be beating it out. And some would be throwing it in the air. And some would be collecting it and putting it in a pile. And they'd get this huge pile. And then they'd have to sleep around it and guard it. They'd have festivities. They were celebrating the end of the harvest. And then they would sleep there. And, and as they would bow their head and, and be careful, they'd have to sleep there because of robbers. First Samuel 23 tells us that. Then they told David, saying, Behold, of the Philistines fight against Keilah, and they robbed the threshing floor. So they'd have to lay around there. And Naomi says, Hey, when this time comes, after they've done the work and they've had the food and had the drink and they're settling down, they've had a, they're in a good spirit and they're ready to lay down, that's when you go and you just lay down beside Boaz. The Bible says in, in verse number three, Wash thyself, therefore anoint thee, Put thy raiment upon thee, get thee down to the floor, but make not thyself known unto the man, and he until he shall have done eating and drinking, and it shall be when he lieth down that thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie, and thou shalt go in and uncover his feet and lay thee down, and he will tell thee what to do. So Ruth is told three steps to do to make this proposal happen. Ladies, how would you like that? 
Now, you don't wait for the guy to propose to you. You better propose to him. Really? Okay, sure. Why not? But here's what you got to do. The Bible says you got to wash yourself. You got to bathe. Okay, that's a no-brainer. All right. What guy wants a, you know, unbathed woman, you know, bathe? And and then put some some ointment on and some good-smelling stuff. Okay, that makes sense. And uh, men kind of like that. And, and then prepare. And this was a symbol, though. A bride that was betrothed to her husband weeks or months prior to the wedding day. Every day she'd have to be ready because she never knew when her husband-to-be was going to come. Ladies, how would you like that? What day are we getting married, honey? I'll tell you one day. I'll just show up and we'll do it. But I got to plan. I got to prepare. I got to send invitations out. I got to get my gift registry out. I I have to get my cake ordered. I have to get my dress on. No, do it and just wait. When I feel it's time, I'll come. I don't know how that would fly today, but that's what they did. That was a washing. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, 9, ointment and perfume rejoice the heart. And then there was a watching. And the harvest, the threshing floor would have been a busy, happy place. And she was supposed to come and wait for the right moment to approach Boaz. And then there was the waiting. And in those days, what they would do and what Naomi told her to do was just uncover his feet. Now, you and I both know if, if, it gets, if your feet get uncovered and it's cold, you'll eventually wake up. And that's what would happen. Ezekiel chapter 16 tells us why Naomi would have told her that. Now when I passed by thee and looked upon thee, behold, thy time was a time of love, and I spread my skirt over thee. Yea, I swear unto thee, and entered into a covenant with thee. Saith Lord, a covering of the skirt of the cloak was a symbol of marriage, a proposal. And so when she saw this, uh, doing this, Boaz would have known... Okay, Ruth wants a relationship with me. Now, why was Boaz, Why did Ruth need to do this? Because Boaz thought that Ruth wouldn't be interested in him. He thought he was too old for her, and she would want someone more her age, and so I'm not even going to progress this. I'm not even going to try. She's out of my league. She doesn't want me. And Ruth is over there saying, yeah. Yeah, you're in my league. I, I'm all about this. And Naomi says, okay, you have to initiate it. Boaz is sitting there thinking, whoa, you, you actually are interested in me? And so by putting back her robe just a little bit showed that. Now, I, I will just say this. There are some liberal commentaries out there that try to paint uh, more of a sexual picture here. And we, I believe very clearly that Boaz was a very uh, righteous man. And I believe Ruth was a very virtuous woman. Because in a couple of verses, you'll see that Boaz says, the whole city knows you're a virtuous woman. So I don't believe there was anything risque going on here or wrong. I think it was simply Ruth just obeying what her mother-in-law said to do, which was actual, a common practice for Jewish covenants. And we see that in the midst of all this, it's in the darkness where Boaz's reputation wouldn't be questioned. And we see that Ruth is supposed to do this. Could you imagine getting these marching orders? What, what am I going to do? What? You're saying I got to do what? I mean, this is Boaz. He's one of the most wealthiest men. I mean, 
I can't do this. I'm just a nobody from Moab. I, I, I'm just a slave, as she says later. I'm just his bondservant. I, I'm just his maidservant. I, why would I do this? And we find a, a crossroads here. Ruth has gotten clear instruction, godly counsel from Naomi. She, she's been taught and trained. This is, this is what's normal. This is what Jewish covenant is. This is what you do. And so she comes to this tea in the road. How does, what does she do? Well, that brings us to number three, and this is the shortest point. The determination of Ruth. What does she do? Does she forsake? Does she say, eh, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do it my own way. No, she decides that I want to take this godly counsel from an experience I'm not familiar with, and I'm going to do it. The Bible says, and she said unto her, all that thou sayest unto me, I will do. And she went down unto the floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law bade her. Ruth sets out to obey her mother-in-law. She trusted Naomi's words. She trusted Naomi's will. And she trusted Naomi's way. I questioned you this morning and myself. As what about you? What about me? Do we trust God's will? Do we trust God's word? Do we trust God's way? Psalms 119 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. His will, Proverbs 19.21, there are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. There's a whole lot of other devices, a whole lot of other ways out there. But the counsel of God, the Bible says, will stand. And then will you make his plan in your life his way? Psalms 25.8, good and upright is the Lord. Therefore will he teach sinners in the way. The meek will he guide in judgment. And the meek... Will he teach his way? Do you realize today you too can count on God to provide for us when life is unsure? If you are in the dilemma today, you can trust in God. The Lord too can give us humility and sensitivity to listen to the advice of loved ones who are godly, who know us and want what's best for us. May we listen to that. May we humble ourselves. May we be sensitive. May we be teachable to what God's doing in our life. And then, Last of all, God's word also wants to show us the right thing to do in uncertain times. We would all agree we're in uncertain times today, will we not? And God's word will help guide us through those times. Years ago, there was a little girl, and she was walking down the hallway, and there was a little cellar down in the basement, and the door was open, and she walked by, and she peeped her head in, and she said, Who's down there? And her dad called up. It's just me, honey. She said, oh, daddy, I want to come down there with you. He says, well, I've already removed the ladder. But I can see you if you just want to jump. She says, daddy, I don't know about that. Can you put the ladder back? He says, honey, have I ever let you down? No, dad. Am I strong enough to catch you? Yes, dad, you're very strong. Well. Have I ever lied to you? No, Dad, you've never lied to me. Well, then all you got to do is jump. I don't know, Daddy, I don't know. I'm too scared. He says, okay, you don't have to come down here then. She says, wait, I want to come. He said, okay, just jump. She walked up to the edge and kind of wavered her foot over a little bit. She tested it. Finally, she jumped safely into her dad's arms. And church, that's what happens when you and I Step up our faith and trust God. 
You say, I don't know what to do. It's very insecure right now. I, I'm struggling. I, I'm not sure. I, I'm in a dilemma. I don't know what to do. Or, or uh, these are uncertain times. I'm just not sure what's going to happen. And I'm worried. I'm stressed out. I, I have anxiety. Finances are struggling. Uh, my job, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I have this relationship issue that's really got me down. I have this, this physical need. I, I just, I, I got these news from the doctors. I don't know what to do. Well, you know what? God does. You've got to take a step of faith. You've got to trust in him. And you will find true satisfaction when you stay close to your God. What is your dilemma this morning? Maybe for some, it's salvation. Maybe your whole life is in the balance right now. Your whole eternity, people are wondering, what's going to happen? May I say that Jesus Christ loved you. He came for you. He was willing to be crucified for you, and he rose again to pay for your sin and mine. And that's why we're observing the Lord's Supper today. We never want to forget what Jesus Christ did for us. Do you know Jesus? Will you accept Jesus? Do you believe that he would come for you, that he would do that for you? And then maybe it's a spiritual need you have. Maybe it's a physical need you have. But will you prove this belief by trusting God and aligning yourself with his word, his will, and his way? Do you understand that true security and satisfaction are found in pursuing Christ? Every head bowed, every head closed this morning. If you could just sit there for just a second. With heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe there's someone today that would say, Pastor Justin, that's me. I I don't know for sure I'm going to heaven. I I really don't. I, I didn't realize what Jesus did for me. I didn't realize he came for me and He was willing to leave the splendors of heaven. He was willing to be crucified and nailed to a cross. And in agony, he had to pull himself up just for a breath of air. And then he cried, Father, forgive them. And then he was willing to say, it is finished, all for me. And this morning, if I could, I would love to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. I would love to know for sure I'm going to heaven. Pastor Justin, will you pray for me with heads bowed and eyes closed? No one looking around. I will not embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. With an uplifted hand, maybe, you, would you say, that's me, Pastor Justin, if that's you, will you slip your hand this morning? I want to pray for you. You're on the bottom floor, maybe, in the balcony. Uh, I don't see any hands this morning. But maybe there's someone today that would say, Pastor Justin, I know for sure I'm going to heaven, but I have a spiritual need today. I'm really struggling with something, and I want to once again enjoy that satisfaction that only God brings. I want to enjoy that security that only God brings. Will you pray for me? If that's you, will you slip up your hand? I want to pray for you. God bless you. I see those hands. Maybe there's someone today that would say, Pastor Justin, I have a physical need. I have a burden. It's a relationship struggle, maybe. It's a financial need. It's a work thing. It's, it, it, it's a health issue. But I'm burdened this morning. Someone I love is hurting. Will you pray for me this morning? If that's you, will you slip up your hand? I want to pray for you all over. As the men get ready, we're going to get ready for uh, the Lord's Supper. But I want to pray for you before we do that. Lord, we sure do love you. Thank you for loving us. Be with the hands that were raised, several with spiritual needs, many with physical needs. I don't know exactly what all of them are going through. Or frankly, I don't need to know because you know. And you want to intercede for them. May they take it to you today. And may you take it to the Father for us. Lord, may you see something done with it. May your will be done. May you work. May you stir. May you help. May you bring healing. Lord, may you bring uh, 
Lord, a work that only you can. Maybe it's a relationship issue. Lord, I pray you'll touch their, their hearts. And Lord, I pray you'll help us today as we get ready to remember what you did for us on Calvary, your shed blood, and your willingness to go to the cross for us so we could have eternal life in heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Men, if you'll come forward, if you'll stay seated. This morning we're going to have our Lord's Supper. This is one of the ordinances in our church, and this, along with baptism, is, is an ordinance of our church. And really, it's, it's for those who've been saved and accepted Christ as their Savior and followed in baptism. And this is a very serious time. This is a time where we reflect and remember what Christ did for us. And our men up here are going to help us out. They'll pass the elements. Uh, the little uh, white thing is just simply a symbol of the broken body of Jesus Christ. And the cup is juice. That's just a symbol of the blood that was shed. So as they pass out the bread, may I encourage you to take some time. Think in your heart, is there something in my life that I need to get right with God? And also thank God for his willingness to go to the cross for you, men.
And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23, what we believe was uh, really commanded from God, written there by Paul, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And that's why we do this today. We want to remember and thank God for his willingness to go to the cross for us. And let's pray. If you'll pray silently while I pray aloud. Lord, we sure do love you. Thank you again for being willing to go to the cross for us. For being willing to, Lord, come to earth. And Lord, after 30 some years, willing to go to the garden in agony and sweat drops of blood. And, and then be justly, unjustly accused and unjustly sentenced as the crowd cried, give us Barabbas. And then you took that cross after being brutally brutally beaten up to Calvary and you were willing to be nailed to that cross. You could have called 10,000 angels, but instead you were crucified for our sins. And Lord, may we never forget that. May we always thank you for what you did for us in Jesus' name. Amen. At this time, our men are going to pass out the juice.
Bible says, After that same manner also he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, this do ye as oft as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Lord, we sure do love you. Once again, thank you for the blood that you shed for us. Lord, we know without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. We know there's power in the blood. And we're thankful that there's nothing but the blood of Jesus can wash away our sins. And Lord, we're thankful for what you did for us. And may we never forget it. May it challenge us to do more for the cause of Christ. And may we seek to draw closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. In the seat back in front of you, there's a little spot to put the cups. Our men will come and get those later. Thank you, men. I appreciate it. And appreciate Cindy as well for playing. And uh, thank you for your faithfulness today and trying to get you out right about on time. Uh, just a few things I want to men- mention uh, today is, first of all, don't forget about starting point. And if that would be something that would be helpful to you, we'd, we'd sure love to have you stay with us today. Just see me in the back. I'll be happy to show you where to go. And then tonight, of course, um, we'll have a special speaker. My father will be preaching. Uh, my family will be singing. So I hope you can come back if you can. And then, of course, remember that God loves you and this pastor loves you. And I hope you have a great, great day. Uh, You are dismissed.